My daddy's a good man. He's a very quiet man. He's, he's not like me. He doesn't feel the need to tell you every last thought on his mind at all times. But my dad's a good man, a good, quiet, solid man. Now, he, was, he was a truck driver for most of his life until he retired a few years back. Uh, he, he had the very, uh, the very prominent and, and you really, you know, fancy job of hauling chickens from the chicken farm to the chicken plant. Uh, so that's what he did for the last 20 years of his career was he did that. But he, he drove trucks all over America and all over locally. But uh, that, my dad is not a man of many hobbies. He doesn't do a lot. He, he, he piddles around the house. You know, he likes to grow things out back, he, gardens and things like that. He tried his hand at a few trees, doing some orchards and things like that. But, you know, he just likes to be around the house, likes to cut the grass. Just, just a real common, ordinary man. That's just who my daddy is. He's a good man. Quiet, solid, independable. That's who my dad is. And um, he adopted, when they adopted me, he gave me his last name. I mean, he's just a good man. I know, let's see, at this time of the day, it's about 1140. He's sitting on about the fifth row at Johnson Chapel United Methodist Church on the outer edge. He helped with the offering. I don't know this. He's not told me, but I know him. So he helped with the offering. He ushered this morning, handed out bulletins, probably has already picked up the preacher two or three times. Um, Mama's sitting there beside him. Next Sunday's third Sunday of the month, so he'll get to church, get church about 6 o'clock that morning, and he'll make the grits for men's breakfast. That's who my dad is. He's dependable. He's solid. He's steady. He loves his church with all that he is. I know he's never served on finance or SPRC or trustees. He's never had much patience for committee work. Um, but that's who my dad is. He deeply loves his church. Now, here's the thing. He's not from there. That, that's mama's church. Daddy's from Aberdeen. When Daddy and Mama got married, they moved back to her home. He didn't grow up in that church. He grew up in a church up in, up in uh, Monroe County. But yet, as they, when they adopted me and made their life there, Daddy truly plugged in to Johnson Chapel. To where Johnson Chapel is one of the defining markings on his life. He loves that church. And my dad has passed that love of church on to me. I love the church. I deeply and sincerely love the body of Christ. And for me and my family, as we've had this amazing journey of ministry, everywhere we've been, everywhere we've been, we have flung ourselves into the life of the local church that we've been a part of with ferocity. Because for us, that's where our life has been found. When we were in the Delta, those little big churches, the Sunday after our wedding, they didn't have church. Because all the church folk drove down to Bogotá to come to our wedding. When we were in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, and Holly sang in the choir, 
Sarah got passed around like a church baby. We moved there when she was literally two days old. And they passed her around like a hot potato. So Holly could sing in the choir. When we moved to Ripley, five and a half hours from family, uh, didn't have any family nearby. Everybody was five and a half hours south. Well, um, grandparents' breakfast at school can be kind of troubling when your grandparents are five and a half hours away. So we had adopted grandparents from our church who would go to school and eat breakfast with our kids on Grandparents' Day. Moved to Pedal. I have made friends in that church that will be friends for the rest of my life. And here in St. Matthew's, we have found a beautiful community that has welcomed every member of my family. And we have found such beautiful and sweet and tender relationships here that have enriched our entire family. I love the church. And my life is better because I have been a part of the church. Now, listen, I'm also not naive. I've been hurt by the church. I've had harsh things said to me in the church. We all have, haven't we? For many of us here, the church has not always been a fun place. It's been a place that has caused, that we have felt harm. We have felt hurt. We may have even found isolated, found ourselves isolated or bullied or picked on or whatever. That, that my love of the church might not have always been your experience. It might have been a difficult place for you times. It was for me at times. I remember being in churches and having a contentious meeting and coming home and tell Holly, I said, I'll dig a ditch before I do that again. Yeah, it's not always easy. And it will never always be easy because the church is made up of people. And last I checked, we're all imperfect. And we all fail. And we all mess up. We all say things we regret and do things we regret. regret, And and, and that's part of our experience. So, yes, I deeply love the church. And it has been a beautiful thing within my life. But I do understand how it can be hurtful at times. But let me ask you this. What relationship in your life that you love has at some point been a little tough? What relationship in your life that's been life-giving you hasn't at some point been a little difficult? What relationship you love, do you love in your life hasn't at some point maybe even brought tears? Yeah, that's sometimes the church isn't. The church is a beautiful mess. We are in this series, The Journey, talking about what it is to journey together. We've talked about our mission statement here at St. Matthew's. We're a family of faith reaching out to you the life-changing, loving grace of Jesus Christ. So we've talked about being life-changers. Well, how, how is it we're life-changers? We are life-changers by being faithful with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. 
by prayers. We talk of scripture. We talk of seeking God's faith, not only through seeking him through prayer, but also seeking him through scripture. Or presence. We talk about not just presence in church, but presence before each other. Presence in the relationships in our lives. Presence before God. Being fully present in life. By gifts, we talk about being faithful to God with both our time and our talents. These next two weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to live out grace. And we talk about living out grace in two major areas. Through our service, through our witness. By service, we're going to talk about within the body. Next week, we're talking about our witness, our living out grace to the world at large. But today, today's service, today's eternal. That's why I think the passage we read today from Acts is so appropriate. What we see here is this. In those days, it says the Hellenists were complaining against the Hebrews. In the early days of the church, there were two major groupings of Christians. There were Gentile or Greek Hellenist Christians, and then there were Jewish are Hebrew Christians. And so within this, you had widows that the church was taking care of. And they were feeding them, making sure they had food. And the church began to grow and grow and grow to the point that some of the widows were being forgotten. And they're like, well, what do we do? You know, shouldn't y'all take care of this? And the apostles said, well, we, we, we can't do everything. We need help. And so they said, let's pick, pick for yourself seven people. Seven deacons. These are the first deacons. Seven deacons who will, will serve the church. So these men were picked and prayed over and began to serve. And they made sure nobody got forgotten. They made sure nobody was left out. They made sure everybody got their needs met. They served. That is part of the character of what it means to be a Christian, is to serve. To serve each other. Tertullian was one of the early church fathers. He said this, oh, those Christians, oh, how they love one another. We we are called here at the church to serve one another, to take care of one another, to make sure that no one has their needs forgotten. And there are two major blessings within that. First, the one who is served is blessed. Because, y'all, there's got to be some place in your life that doesn't kick you in the throat. There's got to be some place in your life where you feel loved. There's got to be some place in your life where you feel accepted. There's got to be some place in your life where you feel like you belong. And that place has got to be church. Yes, the church is not perfect. And yes, we get it wrong probably more than we get it right. But there's got to be some place in our life that lets us feel like we belong. And that's got to be church. So when you are part of a community, when you're part of this, and you're encouraged, and you're loved on, and you're cared for, you know you found your place where you belong. So the one being served is blessed. But the one doing the serving is blessed. See, something happens. Something happens when you serve. Something happens when you live beyond yourself. Something happens when you live giving your life away for others. Something happens. You find a peace and a purpose and a life that's better than anything you can ever imagine. Somebody asked me what I was preaching on today. I said, basically, I'm singing a love song to the church. 
I'm a better husband because of the church. I'm a better father because of the church. I'm a better friend because of the church. Y'all, just being honest, if I wasn't a preacher, I'd be just as involved in the life of St. Matthew's as I am right now. Now I wouldn't be up front running, running my mouth on Sundays. Probably out in the hallway running my mouth. But I'm involved in this church because this church is where I find life. This church is where I find Je- this church is where I find Jesus. As I get to serve you, as I get to be your servant, I find more life in that than I can find anywhere else in the world. As we journey together, the way that we grow close, the way we stick together, the way we find life and community is going to be through serving one another. And it takes all of us. It takes every last one of us to serve. Because, you know, you know, I get it. I heard, a, I heard a missionary friend of mine say one time, said, you know, nobody wants to get saved because we think when we get saved, God's going to call us to Africa as a missionary. We don't want to do that. We don't want to go to Africa as a missionary. We don't. And then, of course, his comment is, show me a missionary serving God who's miserable. And how many of us live our life doing what we want to do? And at the end of our day, we're completely miserable. Show me one person truly living their life out obedient to God's calling that's miserable. Show me somebody living their life by their own plans, and I probably will show you somebody that's miserable. So, hey, who wants to teach? Nope. Take a step back. I get it. There are things that we don't that we think I can't do that. I'm not qualified to do it. I understand that. I think you can do it, because here's the thing. If you only If you only attempt things in your faith that you can do via your own strength, you'll never grow. It isn't until you try something God-sized. It isn't until you try something that you can't do by your own strength that you'll grow. If you only do things that you can comfortably do, your faith will never take wings. But if you try something big and stupid and fail at it, you know what? That's awesome. Because you tried and you grew and you took a chance and you learned something. It's when we step out on that ledge, that's when God grows us. So the last thing in your mind you ever want to do is teach a class. I get it. But if God's calling you to it, it'll be for their good, for your benefit. But maybe you don't want to teach. We have needs all around. One of the, we, I don't know a busier church than us. We need folks throughout the week to come in here and tidy up the sanctuary. We have so many folks in here. Somebody just to come and tidy up a little bit. We have, we have, we have congregational care needs. One of the best things we've done since I've been here is we have, we have served each year through Christ covered. Me and my entire family gone out on Thanksgiving and Christmas before that season and taking meals to people. And it's a blessing, not just to me, but to my, to my family. We have needs in youth for good mentors to come and hang out with our kids and get to know them. For children's ministry, for choir. We have some empty seats in the choir. I can't sing. Well, neither can I. 
Tim won't let me up there because he's smart. But maybe you can sing. Not only that, not only, not only can we use it, but it's for your good. We have needs in congregational care and worship and greeting and serving and all these areas. Places where you can belong. We do it to say thank you to God for his grace. We do it to love each other. Well, that's how we say thank you to each other. But we do it to find life. The church is beautiful. It's imperfect, but it's beautiful. One of the myths that the world tells us is this. You can do everything. You can do everything. You've got time in your day. You've got money in your wallet. You can do everything your heart desires. That's just not the case. There's not enough time of the day is there for everything. And you're thinking, preacher, I got a thousand other things in my life to do. You want me to serve church too? You want me to serve God through the church? Really? I don't even know if I like the church. All I can do is give you personal testimony here. Time spent serving in God's house for me has never been wasted. And all the other stuff in my life I'll forget about. All the other stuff will pass away. But the relationships I'll form. You want to know, you want to know why I can tell you where to eat every town in Mississippi? Because I've, I've either served in a lot of them or I preached a revival there. And I've got those relationships there. I've served there. I felt God move there. And I'm thankful for it. You want to truly be bound close to a community that will change your life? Plug in. I'm not telling you that as a preacher. I'm telling you that as a, fa- a fellow traveler. I'm telling you that as somebody that's lived it as a young boy. Send my daddy get up before dark to go to church and make grits. I've seen that as a pastor, looking around church folk, plugging in and serving and seeing life. And I've seen that in my own life where I'm a better human being because of my service in the church. Yeah, you're right. You only have so so much time in the day and so many choices to make. Don't waste it. Don't waste it on something that's not eternal. Yeah, the church needs you. Sure. Sure we do. You matter here. For us to cross the River Jordan, for us to get to the other side, for us to do what God wants us to do, we're going to need everybody. We can't do congregational care with just a few people. It takes everybody. So yeah, the church needs your service. But you need it. Your souls need it. Your life needs it. I have not regretted, not once, a single time in my life, the decisions that I've made to surrender my life to ministry. Because I get to serve God through the church.
I know you will not regret serving God through the church. And I know that as we journey together in this life, as we journey together in this year, you will find life here. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. You ask me, am I not just giving you a selling job to get people plugged in? No. I don't care if any of y'all serve. I do. But I don't because I am. My family is. Because we found life here. We found something worthwhile here. And I want you to find it too. Christianity is just just one beggar telling another beggar where to find a morsel of bread. That's all it is. It's one ragamuffin telling another ragamuffin where life is found. I know for me and my family, we have found life through service here. And my deepest, most sincere prayer is that you will as well. Let's pray.